everybody to the Bear Goggles podcast. This is your host Parker Hurley. This is our first episode of the Bear Goggles podcast. So welcome if you are tuning in for the first time. I'm sure you've probably read some of my opinions over at beargoggleson.com. Definitely check us out over there as we add content every single day. But now we're going to add our new podcast um, to the, hopefully in the off season, it'll probably be maybe once a week, but during the season, definitely about two or three times a week. And even if the off season does heat up a little bit, maybe we could start to get to two times a week. But knowing the Chicago Bears, you know, it's a lot of a, it's a big difference between this season and last season. And a lot of that comes down to, you know, last season they were heavy buyers, you know, whether it be the draft picking in the top 10 or, you know, going all the way through, you know, heavy free agency, hiring a head coach and, you know, all the way through trading a couple draft picks for Khalil Mack. But, you know, that comes around to, you know, uh, and trading, a, you know, a second round pick for Anthony Miller comes around to they don't have many draft picks this year and they don't have much cap space this year. So uh, this episode we're going to get into, we're going to start with some news. We're going to get into some offseason talk and it's going to be mainly around Jordan Howard and Bryce Callahan and Adrian Amos. But we're going to start with the big news and it is cap related because Kyle Long, the longtime bear, um, you know, first he tweeted he was going to retire a bear for life. And then the news came across that he restructured his deal. Um, it's something that I wrote about on BearGogglesOn.com that you should absolutely go and check out. Um, you know, just wrote about how I thought that it made a lot of sense for a guy like Kyle Long to restructure his deal. He was due eight million dollars last season or this season, and to, you know they could have released him and saved about seven million dollars. They could restructure his deal and save, I think it was about four or five million dollars. So, like I just said, a team that was just going out and buying last off season, extending a guy like Khalil Mack and trading draft capital for a guy like Khalil Mack is up against it this off season. I believe as of right now, they have about $11 million in cap space, but they should be able to clear about four or $5 million with Kyle Long. And, you know, the reason I wrote about the fact that it made sense to uh, restructure with a guy like Kyle Long is because he hasn't played a full season in three seasons. In fact, his last three seasons have gone eight games played, nine games played, and eight games played. All he's giving the Chicago Bears are quite literally half seasons. So he also played, you know, a playoff game. So you could say nine games played and nine games played in his last two seasons. Still, he's hardly giving the Bears anything over a half of a season worth of value. Um, over those past two seasons, he was getting paid as like a top five guard. So he's kind of giving back a little bit in terms of he didn't live up to what they had paid him for. But also, the Chicago Bears have to go into this offseason and say, while we have a player like Kyle Long, and while he wants to retire as a Bear, and while even with this restructure, I doubt it's a situation where they just tore up his contract, although he was not due guaranteed money in 2020 and 2021. He was signed for 2020 and 2021. So it's, it's potential that they kind of said, okay, we're going to cut a lot of this season's salary, but we're going to keep 20 in 2021 on the books here and see how it plays out, you know, moving forward. And that's something that Kyle Long would obviously want to look into. 
because they could have just cut him outright and, you know, just it would have cost him about a million dollars. But the reason that they wanted to, you know, keep a player who hasn't played 10 games in over three seasons, the reason they would want to keep on to that. And, you know, it is still even if they say five million dollars, that'll cost them about three million dollars to keep a player who gives them half a season worth of value. You know, in the last three seasons, they would want to do that is because they don't have any depth at guard right now. So how could they go out there and, you know, cut Kyle Long, yes, and save $7 million, but then they go ha- have to go put in $7 million, you know, or more to try and find a starter at guard. And one of the more underrated things about the offensive line, I would say, is continuity within it. Just being able to, um, you know, know where your partner is, know where the guy standing right next to you is going to do when they stunt or when they throw a different move off of you. To have that familiarity and say, oh, he's going to react in this way, the guy next to me, to understand that. That takes time, you know, and it takes a lot of freelance pass rushes against to, you know, put that together. So that's obviously going to be tough. So they wanted to bring back some of the continuity in Kyle Long. You know, you want a guy like Kyle Long to retire a Chicago Bear, you know. He put together some really good seasons for them, even if the last three seasons were not. But to not have that depth, they have to look at this as, okay, you know, like I just said, they could cut Kyle Long and save $7 million and put it towards guard. They may have to look around and want to put the 3 or $4 million they saved on getting some actual, you know, not just depth guys for the minimum, an actual player who could step in if or when Kyle Long gets injured. You know, not even necessarily a starter because you're only going to want to pay him about 2 and a half or $3 million, you know, next season. But that is money for, you know, a quality backup at the guard position. If not, they're going to have to head into the draft and still, despite the fact that, you know, it's great news that Kyle Long's going to retire at Bear. It's great news that Kyle Long is going to stay on for the 2019 season. Guard is still one of the biggest needs for the Bears, and they and they just drafted James Daniels in the second round last season. Um, Long's going to be 31 years old. He's going to, um, like I said, after all of the injuries, even if you pencil him in for a starter in camp, you have to you have to walk in with a plan of what if he gets hurt? What are we going to do again? You know, what if it happens in week six now instead of week nine? You know, we can't just be having a situation where whether Eric Cush got hurt, they had to sign Brian Witzman basically off of the streets. I know he had familiarity with Matt Nagy in the offensive line with the Kansas City Chiefs, but the fact of the matter is they pretty much signed him as a player who was released by the Kansas City Chiefs, was not picked up by anybody else. Um, was brought in midway through the season and brought in as a starter with about a week's worth of preparation because they did not have that much depth or that much you know equity put towards the guard position. They were relying on a player like Kyle Long. Okay, you cut some money off of Kyle Long, that's great. That doesn't mean you can just go spending it on other positions. You still have to look and say, we have Long, we still need, whether it be depth behind Long, a player ready to step in over Long, or a young player with the potential to grow and you know, step over Long. That's what they have to be looking for um, heading into the offseason. So by no means, in my opinion, does the signing of Kyle Long mean that the, you know guard is not a position of need heading into the NFL draft. So moving on, like I said, to another position arguably of need for the Chicago Bears would be the running back position. And um, it's a very dicey question or it's kind of a hot topic around the Chicago Bears right now because – you look around and say, wait a minute, you know, Jordan Howard's still a pretty reliable back. Tarek Cohen, you know, is obviously ascending in the NFL. 
Um, do they really need a running back that bad? And the Jordan Howard fans will, you know, have been screaming, you know, I kind of see it some, you know, through some of the posts and everything like that, that, you know, they want to keep Jordan Howard. And my stance on Jordan Howard is, I guess, complex, which is why it's nice to have a podcast now where you really get to hash it out and, you know, hopefully don't get your words construed here. But um, the way that I think about Howard is, while yes, he's good. And I know um, one of the hot topics is, you know, is he a scheme fit for what Matt Nagy wants to do? It's That's even tough in the regard that I think as a runner, he can do a lot of what Matt Nagy wants to do. And I don't think Matt Nagy was going out on the podium and BSing when he said that he has a plan and he wants to use Jordan Howard. I don't think he was. Um, I do think that there are situations where if Matt Nagy were to choose a running back, which I believe he's going to do in the draft – what he wants to do is draft a you know player who's going to be involved in the passing game more. Maybe not a small little scat back like Tarek Cohen, but a player with you know some of the size similar to Jordan Howard, but can also get out and maybe run a route or two and catch the football. So that's something that I think you know in the one regard where I don't think that he's necessarily a great scheme fit. I think a lot of the lack of productivity in his rushing came down to the fact that the offensive line was struggling a little bit, especially when Kyle Long went down. I really think that Witzman was a big issue, and I think that that's why you have to walk into this you know, offseason saying that guard is in need. And even James Daniels, you know, you want to say, okay, that was great that he took that starting spot as a rookie last season. You still have to, you know, you while you're grading him on a curve and saying, you know, on that curve he got a, you know, maybe a B-plus last season. Overall, maybe it was like a C-minus because he was still a rookie last season who got thrown in at about week four. So, you know, you walk away and you say, okay, the guard position was not necessarily good. It was a new system for everybody in terms of the offensive line coach. And Jordan Howard didn't have the best year statistically between the tackles. Jordan Howard, could he come back and have a better season between the tackles running the football? Yes. The reason that I think they're going to draft somebody is it starts with the passing game value, but secondly, it comes down to the fact that Jordan Howard's going to be a free agent this off, or not this off season, but after this coming season, he's going to be a free agent. So, the smart team or the team that you know, if you're looking to keep Jordan Howard around, you would want to extend him before this season. You know, kind of get him on like a, a nice little deal for the next couple of years. You don't have to worry about it heading into the off season. But you, you kind of like the writing is on the wall, or the way that the, you know, mood has been shifting is that they wouldn't, you know, even ex- give him an offer in training camp or, you know, during the off season as an extension yet, they would definitely be looking to let him move into the free agency because the fact of the matter is, you know, even if he doesn't have a big year next year, or even if they trade him, um, he's, he would get, you know, probably like four or $5 million on an open market just because, you know, a veteran running back who can get the job done, um, you know, between the tackles, that's what a guy like Jordan Howard would probably be able to fetch on the open market. Um, maybe at a minimum, uh, the fact of the matter is the Chicago Bears could draft a running back in like the third round and he would cost them less than a million dollars on the salary cap and he would be signed for the next four seasons. So that's where you start to look around and say, okay, you know, we could draft a player who maybe he isn't necessarily um, as ready as Jordan Howard, but you got to think, you know, Jordan Howard was drafted in the middle rounds. You know, Jordan Howard was a player who stepped in right away and made it happen. And you start to say, okay, um, Ryan Pace drafted Jordan Howard, a middle round running back who stepped in right away. Tarek Cohen, a middle round running back who, when put in the right hands of you know the new offensive coordinators and everything like that, he started to fit right away. So 
Cohen and Howard, um, two finds by Ryan Pace. You say Matt Nagy went and got Kareem Hunt in Kansas City. He was a part of that decision-making process, and he was a third-round pick. So these two have had success drafting running backs in the third and fourth round, and Matt Nagy obviously has a type himself, and whether it be Howard or not, um, to get a player that he would probably even say, okay, this is a player I see similar to Howard, but he's more moldable than Howard because he's younger coming out of the draft right now. And then Ryan Pace, the GM, says, okay, you have a moldable version of Jordan Howard. You know, you picked out the perfect, you know, the running back in the draft that you have your eyes on. And it makes sense to me from a, you know, financial standpoint as the GM being Ryan Pace saying it makes sense to me that you found your back because now we don't have to pay Jordan Howard four or five million dollars. We could just pay this guy, you know, even like eight hundred thousand dollars next season. Um, and for the next four seasons, so we don't even have to get to the negotiating tables with Howard. We can just move on from that plane. And then you could say that, okay, Howard is a proven running back. You know, they already tried to shop him last season. There were some Jarvis Landry and Howard talks um, just last season. So Matt Nagy, you know, whether those reports were true or not, you know, and Howard deleted his Instagram or something along those lines, you can look that one up. But even if all these reports are, you know, not to the situation or they're not true or anything like that, the fact is that there's there's enough smoke around it when you add in, you know, the poor play of, like I said, even if you do want to contribute that to the offensive line, there's enough smoke around the situation where you say that they could potentially shop Jordan Howard this offseason. And if they get a fourth or a fifth round pick for him and they take a running back in the fourth or the fifth round, they could absolutely... Um, do that and it makes a lot of sense for them to do that and an article that I just posted on beargoggleson.com is the combine preview for uh, NFL draft running backs. Um, I kind of broke down the class into uh, everybody that's going to participate in the combine anyways into do they fit the Jordan Howard mold? Do they fit the Tarek Cohen mold? Could they play next to Tarek Cohen? And um, then there's a couple that I kind of just think are more in the Benny Cunningham, Taquan Mizell. You know, you take them in like the sixth or seventh round and you upgrade over one of them. So I broke all of them down into those tiers. So definitely check that one out because for the most part, I would not expect them to sign a running back. I think one of the better or, you know, if they do sign a veteran running back, it would be kind of like I said to upgrade over that Taquan Mizell or Benny Cunningham role. You know, Matt Nagy even used Benny Cunningham last season in the playoffs, or even used Mizell in the playoffs a little bit last season. So if he's going to go three deep at his running back, or if he's going to get that versatile with his personnel, then maybe you do want to get, you know, like a real depth running back to upgrade over that. But I think in terms of trying to replace Jordan Howard, they're going to try and draft one. And could they hold on to Jordan Howard? Yes. But even if they hold on to Jordan Howard, I still see them drafting one. So definitely check out that combine preview on the running backs. And we'll close up the show with the Bryce Callahan versus Adrian Amos debate. And I did an uh, article a couple weeks ago on Bear Goggles On that you could definitely check out. It was called the three reasons why you should, uh, if the Bears were to sign one, and I don't think because, like I said, their cap situation, it's not a lock that they sign either. But the three reasons I think they should sign Bryce Callahan over Adrian Amos if it came down to it. The first reason comes down to cost, and it's starting to sound like at this point it's kind of late February heading into March at this point, but it's starting to sound like Adrian Amos is going to sign for about $10 million on the salary cap. So, it sounds like he's going to um, 
you know, get a little bit of money. He's one of the more higher-end safeties in terms of the demand for him after he put together two strong seasons next to Eddie Jackson. Um, on the flip side, Bryce Callahan, it's a, sounds like he's going to get about 7 or $8 million on the open market. Now, that's kind of that's based on one spot rack. And two, <clears throat> Tavon Young was signed um, just about a week ago. And he's an interesting comparison to a player like Bryce Callahan because the big differences um, or the two similarities between Callahan and Young are they're undersized and they have injury questions. You know, they're actually both coming off of um, season ending injuries. So they're both, you know, they're both in interesting situations. I think Callahan has put in better tape on the field. I think last season he showed, you know, a higher ceiling than anything Tavon Young has put out there. But Tavon Young is 24 and Callahan is 29. A team like the Ravens is probably thinking we could get over the next three years, we can kind of mold a player into of the form of what they got out of Callahan. Callahan will be, you know, 29, 30, 31 for those next couple years. So it's tough. But I think the fact that Callahan's a little bit better, Young's a little bit younger, but they both have, you know, injury questions. They're both similar size. They're both undersized. They both really can't avoid the slot. Um, it makes it a fair comparison in terms of the deal. So he signed a four-year deal. It basically comes out as a three-year, $24 million extension. So, I mean, for you know the next for the first two seasons of it, it'll be about $8 million um, on the salary cap. And then the last season, it'll be like $8.25 million on the salary cap. So that should be about what Bryce Callahan's going to get. I'm pretty sure that's going to be less than Adrian Amos. But my catch to this is, and what I find to be interesting, is that Callahan had a pretty good season in 2017. And then he tested the market. And Ryan Pace had the chance to extend him multiple times and didn't do it. You know, like, think about it, really. You know, he had the chance to put a tender on him. And he put the lowest form of tender on him. You know, he didn't put a second round or, you know, a higher tender on him. He kind of gave, you know, let him have that chance to walk. Callahan took a chance, you know, tested the market, didn't get the deal he wanted, came back on a really cheap deal. You know, once again, even when Callahan came back, Pace could have extended him for the long term. I think some of that has to do with Callahan probably wanted to prove his worth this season and try and cash in, which you could definitely argue he did. But... Coming into a season where he's motivated, you know, coming off of this, you know, uh, season where he signed in a one-year deal, you know, entering training camp, Pace once again has the chance to extend him and says, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm actually going to let him play for his money in free agency. And then the fact that he actually does end his season on the injured reserve, you kind of say, is Pace actually going to put serious money into Tavon Young? Now you could, or into Bryce Callahan. Now you could say with the Tavon Young deal, he got about twelve million dollars of it guaranteed. So you know the first year, um, it really won't be. You know in the last two seasons, it wouldn't be too much of a hindrance on the salary cap. So with the fact of the guarantees, you could try and give a guy like Bryce Callahan a two-year deal. But I still think that you know this is kind of the caveat to the Bryce Callahan Adrian Amos. But I think no matter what. Bryce Callahan's going to be cheaper. It's just at what point does Pace value him at? I find that I think that's going to be really interesting to see what's going to happen. So um, I still think you know Adrian Amos I think has a market 
in the fact that it sounds like Vic Fangio actually wants to sign him out in Denver and, you know, bring him as a staple of that defense. And they could put that, you know, about $10 million per year into that. Um, the Bears really couldn't match that. They could get Callahan. They could fit him under the, you know, the $7 million would be cheaper than Amos. Um, and like I said, depending on what his market is like with the injury, what actual GMs think about him, because it depends what Pace even thinks about him. He could he could get you know it could be even like a five million dollar deal um, to get Callahan at half the salary of a guy like Adrian Amos would pretty much be a no question decision. The question is whether the Bears would you know get that type of deal. Um, the other reason I think that Adrian Amos or I think Bryce Callahan is a better fit over Adrian Amos to, for the Chicago Bears to sign this off season is that I actually think with the Chuck Pagano defense. I think that Callahan's a better fit than Amos, and it really comes down to when you listen to his p press conference, one of the big things he mentioned was he wants to be aggressive. You know, He wants to blitz and get after it. And Bryce Callahan, one of his best attributes is timing his blitzes and getting after the quarterback and getting pressure and converting that into sacks. You know, Adrian Amos is a safety, but he plays a lot more off of the ball. You know, he plays a lot more in space. He doesn't, you know, even Eddie Jackson doesn't really blitz, you know. I think that was a bit of a Vic Fangio thing. But the fact of the matter is, Callahan's much more comfortable blitzing. He's a much better blitzer than Adrian Amos. You know, we haven't necessarily seen Amos get the chance to blitz because of the Vic Fangio defense. But it seems like, you know, like I kind of said, if Amos is going to go off to Denver because he's such a fit for the Fangio defense, you could argue that Callahan is a better fit for the Pagano defense anyways. So to get the better fit and then the cheaper player would make a lot of sense. And then the last reason I think you would take Bryce Callahan over Adrian Amos is because I think in-house, I think you're more prepared to move on from Adrian Amos than you are Bryce Callahan, you know? You start to look at the depth and you say, well, Dayon Bush, you know, he's kind of a depth guy, but Sherrick McManus on the other side, he has been a special teamer for his entire career. You know, he's lasted the Jean Fox into the Matt Nagy era because of his special team's ability. You know, you start to look at it, and yes, you know, when Bryce Callahan went down, Sherrick McManus held his own. You have to be um, impressed with what McManus did, and you have to say, you know, give your respect to what McManus was able to do to kind of hold up his end after Bryce Callahan went down for the season. But you go into that Eagles game, and you say, well, you know, Golden Tate had a huge game on, you know, Sherrick McManus. It's fourth and two. The game's on the line. The season is on the line for the Philadelphia Eagles. Who are they picking on on the Chicago Bears defense? Sherrick McManus. You know, that at the very, very core of this thing, they're going to pick on Sherrick McManus if he's the player on the defense. That's what they chose to do. Dayon Bush was out there. And the thing about Dayon Bush is, Dayon Bush, in my opinion, was pretty good. Um in his role filling in for Eddie Jackson, almost in that similar regard of, you know, one of them has to fill in for Bryce Callahan on the fly. I thought McManus played fine. I'm not even giving Bush a, a big heads up in this, in this regard. You know, I thought Bush was equally as good in the Jackson role as McManus was in the Callahan role. I thought they both were completely fine in that regard. But the caveat to that is Bush had to play the Jackson role. Now Bush gets to play with Jackson. The reason the Bears are letting Amos walk is because Jackson has 
you know, kind of a higher ceiling, has more playmaker ability. Jackson, you know, Amos is the guy who kind of does his job, keep everything in order. And Jackson says, if I know Amos is in the right spot, I'm going to make the play. You know, that's the type of situation he has to do. So a guy like Dayon Bush, all he has to do is be in, you know, the right spot at the right time, make all the tackles that Amos has. I'm not saying that it's going to be, you know, not a huge drop off, but I'm saying if it were up to me, I would trust Dayon Bush more than I would trust Sherrick McManus. I still think whether it be safety or the slot or whether you lose both, I think you have to upgrade in that regard. You know, you have to try and find another safety, whether it be depth behind Dayon Bush, because I don't think you can just walk in trusting Bush to be a starter in, at safety. You know, you need a, a probably a, a depth veteran, maybe even drafted, you know, player, whether it be in the late rounds or not. You still have to walk in with, you know, better talent surrounding Dayon Bush. But I think more than Sherrick McManus, you could walk in and say, if it all goes to crap and we really need a player, we could step, we could rely on Dayon Bush taking a step forward. I think it has to do a little bit with he's younger. There's at least more upside in terms of his projection. There's at least another step forward for him to take. You know, he's kind of been like being groomed as a special teams player, kind of, you know, getting in line, getting disciplined, you know, and now that he's ready, he could potentially step into that Adrian Amos role. With a guy like McManus, I think he is what he is. And yes, he's a depth secondary player. And yes, he could stay on the team. And yes, he could absolutely play special teams. I don't think you could say, okay, we lost McManus. Even if we don't get the guy we want in the third, you know, because we don't have a first or second round pick. Even if we don't get the guy we want in the third round, because we have to draft guard in the third round. And then we're drafting running back in the fourth, you know, maybe it is like a Jordan Howard pick in the fourth round. But even if we're drafting a guy in the fourth round, you know, whether it be a safety or nickelback, I would feel comfortable having Dayon Bush on the other side than I would Sherrick McManus. So at the end of the day, I think Callahan is going to stay. I think it's going to be fascinating because I think if his market gets above 7 million, I don't actually envision Pace paying him. I actually wouldn't be stunned if both of them left, but I think it, it would leave a much bigger hole at slot cornerback for the Bears than it would leave them a hole at safety. I just trust just a little bit more Dayon Bush taking a step forward than I would anything from McManus. Um, and I think that I do think that they'll have to find depth at both spots. So that's a little preview of our first episode. You know, you got to hear, you know, some of the news from Kyle Long, Jordan Howard, a potential player being moved this offseason, and then two players who are currently unsigned as we walk into the season. So follow me at Parker Hurley. Follow us at BearGogglesOn.com. Or, yeah, follow us at BearGogglesOn and check us out at BearGogglesOn.com. Um, hit us back with any feedback because we're going to have an episode next week as we talk more about the combine, some of the results and everything like that. So we'll talk to you guys next week.